This is episode number 248 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm your host, Doug Stannard of Fearless Presentations and the Leaders Institute. And our goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. My guest today is Tom Jacobs, who's an expert at helping companies and sales teams use success stories to attract customers and to attract new clients. And he shares with me how he used public speaking to take a startup from basically zero customers and zero income to millions and millions of dollars in revenue each year using just public speaking as the main marketing apparatus. Uh, We also talk about how inserting stories into your presentations can reduce nervousness and increase the know, like, and trust value that your clients, your audience have with you when when you present. By the way, the episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for a faster way to reduce public speaking fear or become a more persuasive speaker, we have two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities like Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Orlando, New York, Charlotte, Las Vegas, Chicago, Kansas City, Dallas, Columbus, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Nashville. By the way, we have our full schedule of classes on our website at fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's interview. Hey, welcome, everybody. Hey, my guest today is Tom Jacobs. He uh, he spent his the first part of his career working for big companies like big like uh, British Petroleum BP, and eventually transitioned into a medium sized company and worked his way up into the VP level. and And then uh, I, I'm I J- Tom. I don't know your story, but I, I kind of see some uh, relationship to kind of me too. I, I, I suspect that somewhere along the way you decided to go out on your own and, and, uh, and you started your own business, built that up to a really substantial kind of business before kind of selling and, and, um, and becoming a, a consultant and that kind of thing. So for the last few years though, Tom's been helping entrepreneurs kind of grow their businesses using the techniques that he did when he was growing his own business. And a lot of it has to do with kind of sharing their story with the world. And so I wanted to have him on on the Fearless Presentations podcast, because if you guys have been listening for a while, you've probably heard me talk about the value of being a good storyteller, because that's one of the things that helps you reduce nervousness. It also helps you build a rapport and become more persuasive and that kind of thing. And that's really what what um, what Tom is doing with his clients and customers. So, uh, so Tom, welcome to Fearless Presentations. Thanks for having me, Doug. Glad to be here. And I gave a quick little overview, but I'm sure there's kind of lots of other details in there about about your background that might be fun for the the listeners to kind of know. Would you mind kind of filling in some of the holes and and let me know if I got anything wrong on that? By the way, yeah, so. no, no worries. Yeah. So after kind of getting out of corporate jail, that's why I called it. It was corporate jail <laughs> for 12 years. Um, I started my own fitness business, uh, and primarily because I went through a body transformation where, you know, I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I was 40 pounds overweight. Doctor was like, Hey, you're not going to hit 40 if you continue down this road. And I was 30 years at the time. And it was through that 12 week body transformation program where I lost 40 pounds of fat 
gained 10 pounds of muscle, but more importantly, got the health under control as well. Sure. But I, I fell in love with fitness. And while I was doing that, everybody was asking, you know, like, what's your secret? What are you doing? What are you taking? It's my favorite question to ask. And you know, I, I would openly share the secret, which was, you know, eat less or eat more frequently right. and exercise and move and do something. Right. And it really isn't rocket science, right? But uh, everybody wants that shortcut. And then the idea sprung up that I said, oh, well, I'm giving this away for free. I might as well charge for it. So I opened a fitness center. And, uh, and that's where I learned, one, how to sell because I had to. I almost went broke not knowing how to sell. But also the power of public speaking in terms of marketing. And that's what, you know, primarily is what I focus on with my clients now is how do we use public speaking? And that could be webinar. It could be seminar, you know, live in person or uh, on uh, on Zoom or, or, or this way. Um, but how do you use your own personal story as a way of making a connection with the audience? So then when you ask them to do something at the end of it, like schedule a call or buy something, they're very willing to do it because they know, like, and trust you now. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I want I want to delve into two different areas here. Number one, just on the business side, because a lot of the folks that that listen are are folks that kind of own their own businesses and and that kind of thing. And so, um, before we kind of get into the how you got really really good at telling your story, uh, I, the thing I'm most curious about is you got into the fitness industry because you loved the industry. It changed your life, and so you wanted to help other people and that kind of thing. There are a lot of folks that that are in. And they're entrepreneurs. They they started a business because they love the industry. They they um they all they want to do is just help people like they were helped and and that kind of thing. And um, but eventually you got to the point where you sold that business and and kind of got out. And so uh, if the, there's two different types of entrepreneurs. There are folks that. <laughs> They're, I usually call them the smart ones. They're the ones that build a business to sell it. Right? They start from the beginning, like, "Hey, I'm going to start this business today, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to grow it to sell it." And then there's other folks like you and I that that kind of start a business because we love what we do, and um, and there's not really an exit strategy. So I know I know it's kind of off topic, but just out of curiosity, so what was it that that um kind of got got you to a point where you're like, you know, I think this is this this business is worth quite a bit. You know, maybe this is time to to kind of cash in or or did you even think that uh, yeah, that's that's funny that you say that because it that wasn't really the thought process it was more that i'm getting bored <laughs> with oh, what i'm doing yeah, yeah. and i'm not being as effective I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur i've been having businesses for 30 years and and really all that means is that i'm allergic to working for somebody else <laughs> right exactly. so I'm, I'm an awful employee and and but also I have the attention span of a nap. So 10 years with one business, that was mind blowing uh, to say the least. But at some point, you know, I, I kind of outgrew that. It was it was too easy. It wasn't challenging sure. me. And so, you know, it was, it was time to sell uh, before I ran it into the ground, which unfortunately a lot of entrepreneurs do as well. I do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, tell me about the, the um, how you used storytelling or how you how you kind of built the company up and got people to know like and trust you by using your story along the way yeah so 
you know, I, I always had a business coach because I, I think just say that up front because it's really important to have a second set of eyes and ears sure. for your business. So I totally believe in, in coaching. And the coach was like, you know, we're doing all this different marketing. It's like you need to do public speaking because you seem pretty good at it. And I have a degree in theater. So I think I you know, sure, like, yeah. was trained on that too right. in university. Helps, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So I started just asking my current clients if they had lunch and learns at their business, if they had speaking opportunities. And I started getting booked at some major corporations in Houston, which is where my fitness center was. Sure. And I remember one one particular one was um, the client said, yeah, Tom, I have this uh, running group at, at work that yeah, I think we could use your advice and your, your talk. I was like, oh, that's great. So, you know, in my head, I'm envisioning, you know, 10, 15 people in a walking group. Well, he works for Reli or he worked for Reliant Energy, which is the largest energy provider in the state of Texas. Sure. So I, I walk into the building and they usher me into this auditorium oh, with a hundred people. How many hundred? I'm and sorry, I cut you off. Sorry. 100. So about a hundred. Okay. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Talk about taking the nerve level from here for 20 people to for a hundred. I was like, oh my gosh. And I didn't have enough handouts. So my assistant had to go get more handouts and all that. So through that process, though, talking to a hundred people, I shared my personal transformation story where in 12 weeks I lost 40 pounds of fat, gained 10 pounds of muscle, you know, changed my entire life. And now when when people hear that story. You know, they see this, you know, personal trainer up front. And they're like, oh, you don't have to work. You don't need to work out. You're just naturally like this. But once I shared that story, the audience just like came forward and they're like, okay, you know exactly what I'm going through. Sure. And at the end of that talk, it was 45 minutes and then a couple of minutes for questions. I had everybody uh, got a piece of paper and it had, you know, sign up for my free book. Uh, it was like a pamphlet on, on exercise and nutrition. Sure. And if you're interested, you know, check, check this box and we'll have a consultation to see if working with me would be a good fit for you. Right. Well, I received 100 sheets of paper back. Wow. Everybody gave me their name, phone number and email address, which was just amazing. That, that was win number one. Win yeah. number two was 10 people out of that 100 signed up for a consultation with me. And after all those cons consultations were done, nine people signed up for training. Wow. To the tune of about thirty thousand dollars in contracts. Wow! Nice, cool. All from one speech, right? One, one forty-five minute talk, and it didn't cost me. I mean, it was like ten dollars to park the car and get some copies. <laughs> right, right, right. What kind of marketing return gets that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was at that moment that it just—it was like I need to do this like every day. Or, you know, at least once a week. And so I started doing it, getting really good. And people started asking, like, again, what's your secret? How are you doing this? And so that's when I started consulting with other fitness business owners on how to sell from the stage or how to do presentations in a way that, you know, sells their services. Sure. So, okay. So that was the initial kind of thing. That was where you're like, oh my God, there's something here. And I'm, I'm assuming that over the 10 years or 11 years or so that you were kind of doing this, you uh, elevated that a little bit. You figured out ways to increase the the closing ratio on those. Although that's pretty good. The first one's pretty good. That's a pretty good, pretty good closing ratio, right? So, so what, what kind of things that did you do along the way that, that 
kind of got to the next level and and elevated things and the things that you now kind of coach your your clients to do. Yeah, so um, just some little techniques, you know. That, and I remember this saying. I don't know who who said it, but it's not what you say; it's how you say it sure. that really matters. And that really stuck with me because it was it became a performance. And so, like on my website, kind of tagline is presentations turn into performances turn into profits right. so the three p and that really you know that performance aspect really stuck because that was unique to me i think at that time was i, I could perform and when i started coaching other speakers you know it was like well where's the podium do i stand behind it where are my notes and it was trying to get people out from out from behind the podium out yeah. from being controlled by their notes and just being right. very natural yeah. And I like what you're saying too about just you know telling your story reduces your your anxiety level, which absolutely. is absolutely yeah. true because yeah. you know your story, right? Yeah, we always tell people. I mean, it's it's the easiest way to reduce public speaking fear because when you're in an example or a story, and a lot of times people kind of get freaked out by the word story now, especially with the Instagram stories and Facebook stories and all that kind of stuff. You know, they, they, those aren't stories. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a memory that you have, an experience somewhere where somewhere along the way where you learned something that can be beneficial to other people if if you share that. And all you really have to do is just play the video on your head of what happened during that moment and just to kind of describe it. And the cool thing about that, the reason why that reduces nervousness is you don't have to have notes. You don't have to, you know, have, a, have any techniques or anything like that. All you really have to do is just kind of describe the movie that's going on in your head, describe that, that situation that, that you remember uh, from your, from your memory. And the, the cool thing about it is that you were there, right? Nobody else in the audience was. So you're in total control. There's no way that somebody at the end of your at the end of you telling a story or giving an example from your own personal experience can look at you and go, oh, that's not true. That never happened. You didn't lose 40 pounds in 12, 12, what, 12 weeks. Is that what it was? You, no, you didn't. You know, yeah. they, they, you were there. They weren't there, right? They can't. And and so they it's it, you can't they can't contradict you, right? Whereas um, a lot of times people want to use statistics and facts and that kind of thing. You give somebody a statistic, something that's true 100 percent of the time, human nature kind of kicks in and people in the audience go, I can think of one situation where that's not true. Right. And you're now you're yep. making the audience argumentative. And so um, what you're saying about about telling your own personal story is critical to building that no like and trust because it 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 gets people it takes the defensiveness out of from being in the audience people aren't looking to to poke holes in your in your theory or your idea instead they're just kind of it's it's kind of like going to a really good feature film where you know for for that 2 hours somebody's really captivated except we're doing it in like a 2 minute format so yeah. That's kind of what absolutely. you're what you're seeing too. I'm guessing, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because again, like you said, you you can't deny a story, and whether that's your own personal story or a success story of a client that you've worked with, sure. Because those are stories that need to be woven into any kind of sales presentation as well. Absolutely. And yeah, you can't you can't deny it. 
Yeah, it gives you more credibility when somebody that has listened to you and done what you're suggesting that they have also had a success. You know, hey, yeah, now it's not just a one off. It's like, yeah, well, he did it. But yeah, so um, having those other success stories. So so tell me, take take us through kind of the process that you go through when you when you start working with a with a new client. And this is somebody that that um, has a really good service or a really good product, something that the world really needs to to see. But maybe they're just not they don't have the marketing chops yet to to be able to let people know what it is that that they have. What what are what's kind of a first step if somebody's in that position to kind of help them kind of create that that um that marketing piece or the, the create the storyline that will help yeah. build that that trust and rapport with the audience more effectively? Yeah. So the first thing that I always work with people is to figure out what those stories are so we take a story inventory so i have them and this is in the workbook too that i'm going to give to to your folks um you list out every memory and and a lot of people go towards the negative first and i coach them you have good stories you have some tragic stories so let's not forget you know we have comedy and tragedy so (laughs) have both in there so don't just go to the negative side so just getting a whole list, an inventory of those stories. And then the second thing is, and this is the important part, because we want to find a story that has an emotional reaction or emotional charge to it, because those are going to be the best stories to tell. Because if you're emotionally charged by it, you're going to be able to pass that on to your audience as well. Sure. So what I have them do, and I'm watching as they do this, is go down the list and they put them, I have them put themselves in that situation of the story. And so I start to look for you know changes in heart rate, changes in respiratory rate, if they're t- starting to fidget a little bit, some type of visceral reaction to thinking about that story. And of course, I ask them to, I said, which, which story did you feel like the most anxious around or happy or you had the most enthusiastic yeah whatever yeah Yeah. emotion yeah and and they'll go well this one and i was like yeah i saw you you know doing some things you know during that time too and and that's the story that that we need to to go into right and then we'll develop that story using you know the normal hero's journey and who's the hero what what's the crisis we always start with the crisis point as well so that you really can I call it the impact statement. So it's that very first sentence that gets the audience like, wow, this is going to be a good story. Right. And then you go and back up the story, tell your, you know, who the uh, guides were, who the villains were in your story, and then wrap it up into what you learned uh, at the end of the, the transformation. Nice. So, so after, you know, so they're, so basically they're not, you're, you're basically taking them through a, a process to help them just um, think more clearly about the message that they're, they're trying to get across to, to their audience and focusing on that, that problem that the client or the the person, the hero in the story kind of overcame, you know, everybody likes the Rocky story, you know, like the, yeah. like, like they, most people forget that Rocky won, he lost, <laughs> right, right? The first Rocky lost, right? It was like, it was not, yeah, it, he was, it was, but when, by losing, he won, right? By losing yeah, right. that kind of thing, right? So the, the overcoming adversity and that kind of thing. And, yeah. and uh, a lot of times folks kind of see experts as being, 
you know, somebody that's kind of figured everything out. Well, guess what? The experts figured things out by screwing stuff up and learning from right. their mistakes and 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 being able to do something different, found a secret to success because the first time that we tried it, it didn't work exactly the way that we wanted it to. And and all of that stuff is integral to the 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 story that you're telling. So that it builds that trust level, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that vulnerability as well to be able to share a personal story just gets that audience on your side. And when you have the audience on your side, they're going to do whatever you ask them to do. Yeah. Hey, so, so um, do, I know, um, I mean, you, you've got a lot of confidential stuff that you can't share with your clients and that kind of thing, but you, can you kind of give us an example of, of, you don't necessarily have to use, you know, names or anything like that if it, if it's confidential, but like, um, like somebody that was kind of struggling along the way and you kind of gave them a few ideas, they went through this process and as a result, they were able to kind of implement that and kind of became a, you know, uh, an overnight success in 10 years kind of thing, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, so I actually worked with a, a fitness trainer in California, and she was um, she was an Olympian, silver medalist at the Atlanta mm. game. So in, uh, I think it was a thousand relay or something. I don't know. It was a relay race, but she, she won silver uh, in Atlanta games for the U.S. Um, I think it was for the U.S. But she was She was from Africa. So she was born and raised in Africa. So her fitness business was doing okay, but she wanted to do more public speaking and, and share her childhood story on how she started to run. Sure. And and I was like, oh, that sounds so cool. And she wanted to share it with her church. And then, you know, and so she said, oh, I have this talk. Can you help me prepare for it? I was like, absolutely. would love to do that. And so we dove into her story, which was just heart wrenching. Yeah. Like, so what she had to put up with as a child. So basically um, she was sold into slavery at 12 years old to a 50 year old man mm. to be his wife at 12 years old. And she obviously didn't want to do that. And so that's when she ran away from home, from her village. And that's when kind of the running kind of started for her. Um, she met some heroes along the way, some missionaries that helped her get into school, um, start really doing athletics. Um, she was able to go to Canada for the very first time. And she tells part of her story is like, and everybody's hair was just so different. I had to like touch all the white people's hair because <laughs> she was never, you know, small village in Africa. She was never uh, exposed to that. And so a lot of little fun stuff along the way kind of to to lighten that's a pretty heavy story right yeah exactly yeah yeah sold into slavery at 12 years old and and um but she she was able to lighten it up and just this roller coaster ride that she brought the audience through she's after she was done she said i received a standing ovation from from the audience from the the church crowd and and she's like not only that but you know, this was like six months then into the future. She's calling me back. And she's like, I've told my story some more times, but Tom, my business has doubled in the last six yeah. months. Yeah. And I haven't done any other marketing other than telling my story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, that's a huge win. All right. That's fantastic. Okay. So now, and I know what the folks kind of listening right now that are going, uh, yeah, but I'm, 
an Olympian. I don't, and I don't have a story like that. A civil and I have never been in slavery. I mean, I was a middle class. I grew up in a middle class America and that kind of thing. So how do I how do That's, I use my story? Maybe it's not as exciting or interesting. How do, how do I use my story to kind of do it? Everybody has that story about something that they've learned, and right. and it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be the the near death. It doesn't have to be the huge tragedy or anything like that. I mean, my my personal transformation story is just you know I I gained a lot of weight working right. behind a desk, right? And I had to lose it, right? Yeah. And lots of people do that every day. It's how you relate that story now to the audience and what you want them to take away from that, which is they can be the hero of their own story and you can be their guide through it. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what you want them to feel like as you're telling that story that they're in there with you and they can see themselves as you. Yeah. And I, I see that, you know, a lot of times folks will, you know, they'll have that. Um, yeah. My, my story is just not as I'm, I'm not a good storyteller. Or my story is not that good or anything. You know, it's fu- it's funny. The more that you kind of think about we, we kind of take for granted that we got to where we are easily. You know, it's like we kind of take for granted is because we lived through the experience. And it was funny because. It, it was years, years later uh, after um, after you know starting my own business and everything that I kind of realized how I ended up here, and it all started with a kid when I was in the fifth grade beating the crap out of me. It was like, I mean, I was, I got, I kid, his name's Ken, by the way, Ken Ken Chandler, <laughs> he's out there, you know, thanks Ken, you you've made my career <laughs> and everything, but but I played football in college. Because Ken Chandler beat the crap out of me in the fifth grade, right? I mean, it was like, and, and uh, it was one of those things. I was thinking about this the other day. It was like, um, you know, it was one of those where, you know, at recess, we were, you know, messing around and we got a little rough and you knew, and we were talking, you know, cursing at each other and everything. Well, meet me after school. I'm, like, I'm going to meet you after school, right? And I met him, met him after school. And the only thing that kept me from, from getting up, I mean, the only thing that got me up after, because he, you know, pinned me down and beat the crap out of me is that he had baseball practice to get to. Otherwise, he'd still be beating me to this day, probably, you know, but, but once I was, I mean, the, the, you know, a, a few months later, you know, I'm sitting here going, God, I never, ever, ever ever want to have that happen again so I'm, I'm like in the sixth grade maybe by that point and and i started lifting mm-hmm. weights i started lifting oh. weights you know at, my, I, at a garage sale you know my dad bought me a, a one of those you know little plastic weight sets you know yes I, and I went out and worked out every day because i and every day i had you know i was you know while i was bench pressing it felt like ken was still on my chest beating me in the face you know and so it 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 pushed me to kind of do that it changing and by the time i was 15 16 years old my whole body had kind of changed and and i was no longer the scrawny weak kid that that uh, i was you know kind of growing up i was was now the stocky guy when i moved to a new new school nobody knew that i was the 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 nerdy you know, weak kid. And, and it's, it's funny because like that single event that I thought was like, you know, the most devastating thing, it was embarrassing. The whole school was watching everything. It was really, really embarrassing, but it changed my whole, it changed everything about me. You know, that one little incident. And a lot of times I think everybody has those, everybody has those moments in time where something happened and maybe it wasn't the most positive at the time, but it turned into one of the things that was the, that was the, the big change in your life that, that kind of made you who you are today. And, uh, and maybe it's not, 
you know, getting second place in the Olympics or or being sold to slavery or getting beat up or anything like that. But the, the, it's just as important, though. It's just as important in our in our lifetimes. Right. So, yeah, I think everybody has that that story within them. It's just a matter of drawing that out, finding the the structure to that story that really engages the audience, because you don't want to go in, down the road of just chronological telling your story, because that obviously can be boring. Um, but really creating that dramatic story and then presenting that in a performance. And I know some people are like, oh, it's a presentation. It's not a performance. But at the end of the day, you're always performing. So you might as well make the most of it, especially if you're in a in in front of a, an audience. Right. That's that's what they're expecting. Right. Some infotainment. Right. And then. And then just tie it into your product or service. And that's usually the easiest piece is mm-hmm. to make a connection between that story and why you do what you do now. And that's that's why the, that's what the audience wants to hear, why you do what you do now, Absolutely. because then they're on your side. Absolutely. So Tom kind of mentioned a couple of times uh, during the the interview a little bit about the the free workbook. So he's created a a really cool free workbook that you can download. So if you're in the early stages and you just want to catalog some of these ideas and and uh, come up with with good stories, you can get that at tomjacobs.com slash storybook. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So Tom, thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentations. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.